We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charge podcast, coming to you live on a Saturday morning. Uh, my name is Stephen. I am the host, as always, and joining me uh, back on the show after a little apartment uh, mishap on Thursday is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing today? Not bad, not bad. That's all taken care of, so we're good there. I gotta say, this week has been a bit of a drag. Not at work. <laughs> Kids have been lovely. It's been a great day at work, great week of work, but man just feeling really deflated after that loss my mom keeps checking in on me like she's like are you okay um i don't know man i don't know what it was about that loss because it's just week one right but a little deflated after that loss so i'm I'm ramping back up you know i'm feeling better now i'm ramping up towards what i think will be a win tomorrow but they have to win otherwise back to school night is just going to be me doing film for the parents of why the defense should be covering this guy <laughs> Yeah, you you actually watched the All Twenty Two defensive performance. Uh, I I didn't. I uh, I loved watching the offensive All Twenty Two. Was it was a very productive, uh, fun film session for me. Um, but I I couldn't bring myself to uh, watch the defense. But um, yeah, this is this was a long week for us. We we had back to school night at our school this week, mm-hmm. and then I took uh, a group of our seniors to uh, a college fair that was happening here. So. I worked uh, two 14-hour days this week uh, on top of uh, everything else that was happening. That's normal for me as a school counselor. So um, it was a it was a long week. It was it was definitely a long week. Uh, I I normally like my body's so conditioned to waking up early. I actually slept in today because I was just like exhausted, and uh, it was fun. It was it was a well deserved, well <laughs> well needed sleep in for me. Yeah, totally get that. I, I'm still trying to get back in the swing of things. And, you know, my first year as an actual paid teacher. Also, nobody cares that I'm talking about this right now. But, you know, I went to the gym. It's just one of those days where you go, and you kind of like lift some weights, but you don't feel like you did anything. I just kinda, <laughs> that's how today felt like, okay, going through the motions of everything. And I don't think anything really got done. It felt like maintenance or something. So, again, I need a win. I need, I need that testosterone boost i need that energy adrenaline boost uh because yeah it's been a rough week yeah yeah definitely uh before we dive in i have to share a little a bit of a funny story i guess um 
So we do all of our graphics and stuff like that uh, on Canva. That's where I got like our little like intro video. And uh, Karen Garcia, who's been a longtime listener, texted me. Um, she was at the doctor or something like that. And in the waiting room, they were playing the track that we play to start our show. <laughs> And she like texted me was, you know, like, oh, like, are they they listeners of the podcast? No, apparently the track that we play is just like a doctor waiting room track that every doctor's waiting room plays. So interesting. Um, bit of a funny coincidence, I guess, there. Shout out to Karen. She's the best. Yeah, I get it. Nobody wants to go to the doctor. And that's why no one listens to our show because they triggered instantly. <laughs> as soon as that comes on, <laughs> the retention rate for our videos is five seconds because people get out of there as soon as they can. <laughs> We've got a good amount of people in the chat right now, so appreciate yeah, we it. Mm -hmm. um, we'll have uh, our final, you know, Chargers Titans picks and predictions today. Um, obviously, reacting to um, the injury report that is final, um, and then we will uh, take some questions at the end of the day. So, um, super chats always appreciated. You guys do a great job with those, um, and uh, excited to see what kind of thoughts you guys have in the chat today. Um, all right, Tyler. First and foremost. Uh, bit of a more extensive injury report this week than last week. Um, we'll see about Joey Bosa. Uh, Randall Staley called him a game time decision. Um, but we, what we know is that Austin Eckler and Eric Kendricks are doubtful, AKA they are out. Um, Austin Eckler is not even traveling with the team. According to Daniel Popper, um, Dan Henley and Chris Rumpf are also doubtful. Um, Dan Henley was limited two out of the three days this week. Chris Rumpf was limited every day this week. Um, so defense, uh, which was in a tough spot already, now dealing with a bunch of injuries. Um, to you, Tyler, what's what's the biggest impact injury here, and, and how do you imagine the Chargers addressing that injury? Oh, geez. Um, I suppose, okay. I have the same answer, but I feel like there's a caveat and asterisk to this. So it is it is Kendricks who's going to be out. And that is not great because that forces Murray into the play calling role. According to Brandon Staley, he's going to be the green dot guy calling plays for the defense. And hey, I hope it works out. It's not like Kendrick's calling the plays last week made things really, really good. So maybe something different could work. I don't know. But we've, we've seen this story many times. Um, it also forces, we'll see, I'm assuming Amen Ogbongwamiga to be the other co-starter in a week where you're facing Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears, who with one ACL is still very good as a runner. Um, he's second in the NFL in yards after contact per attempt. Um, granted, only on three carries, but six yards per attempt after contact is, is pretty good. So that's a rough go. At the same time, I will say, well, I do think Kendricks is the biggest missing component here, which is weird to say with Joey Bosa, but I feel like you have better other guys after Bosa sure. than after Kendricks. I will say after watching the first half of the Chargers defensive all 22, and that's all I could get through. That, that's all I did, guys. Sorry. Um, I don't think Kendricks played a very good game. And I think there are several instances where he was pushed out of the play, put himself out of the play. You know, there are those moments where you don't want to turn your back to the offense. And I think three or four times that happened in just one half, whether he was, you know, blocked into that, out of that, whatever. It wasn't a great game. So... Yes, it's a big loss because he could very much so have a very good game. And three months ago, I think we were talking about our favorite matchups of the year. Mine was Kendricks versus Derrick Henry, you know, mm -hmm. because I think that's the game you establish yourself. Like, hey, this is the reason you brought me in here. At the same time, he didn't play a very good game. So yeah. I know a lot of the hate is directed at Kenneth Murray. I didn't watch him in particular, but like I went into the All-22 to watch the edge rushers and I ended up just noticing through the first half that I don't think Kendrick's played quite the game that we were hoping for. And frankly, I was disappointed. So it's a big loss that he's out at the same time. Again, it's not like the defense was great last week and I don't think he was great either. Yeah. I didn't get the impression live that either linebacker was all that impactful. And, you know, I, I did not watch the all 22, like I said, and it didn't feel like it was going to be a productive thing for me. Um, so it, it was disappointing to see, that much of a disadvantage at that spot and you know there was a lot of optimism around that kendricks and kenneth murray duo coming from the chargers themselves um and, and to be fair like there were some really great moments that 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 
those two had in training camp. Um, some of the days that we were there, you know, I, I want to say at the scrimmage, Kendricks had like two tackles for loss that day and he has had some pass breakups and things like that. Um, and, and Kendricks did have a pass breakup late in the third quarter, I believe, um, which was it was a good play. But this is the whole thing that the Chargers were preaching um, that the reason why they would be better on defense this year, first and foremost, was continuity, you know, 10 of 11 starters back. And second was the communication advantage that Kendricks himself would bring to the table as somebody that's been in the league for eight, nine years, whatever it is. And now you're down Eric Kendricks and that communication now shifts to Kenneth Murray, which is a bit of a surprise. I kind of figured Derwin would be the, the green dot play caller. Um, if anything happened to Eric Kendricks, because he's he's been that guy in the past. He's the vocal, emotional leader already. So I'm a bit surprised that it's, it's not shifting to Derwin. But, you know, K-9 has done it in the past. He did it as a rookie. Um, I don't think it was a great situation for him as a rookie to call plays. Um, it just puts that extra level of stress on young players. But now he's he's a fourth-year player. This, this goes okay for him. I don't know. But um, there were a lot of communication issues on defense last week. And understandably so against that offense. But this week, you know, you're 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 not going to say this. You're not going to face the same kind of passing attack. But the rushing schemes here are cut from the same cloth. Like the what the Titans do well on offense on the ground comes from the Matt Lafleur side of the Shanahan tree. Obviously, Mike McDaniel comes from Kyle Shanahan. So it, the the rushing scheme and the play action off of the rushing scheme, it's all very similar to what they saw last week. And those are all concepts that they really, really struggled to diagnose last week. Yeah, I was surprised by it. I mean, I, I get why the Dolphins would try to get everything outside if they could. I think there were only like seven rushes between the tackles, intentionally between the tackles last week. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see what the, the, the Titans bring up this week. Because, again, the, the DBs, I don't feel any different about their ability to tackle. And frankly, it wasn't great last week. And I think Derwin missed two or three. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken himself, not that I expect that all the time from him, but uh, you've got these linebackers, Kenneth Murray. I don't know, man. Like Again, I'm predicting a win here, but we all see what could happen with this game with those guys out. Um, and four hamstring injuries like Blitz Talk is talking about, that's rough. Um, I don't think it's a strength and conditioning thing. Like Joey does his own thing, and maybe that's his own, not yeah. doing, but you know, he does his own thing. He has his own program sort of thing. Um, but yeah, uh, Jamison Omar is going to put out a video after our show and he says the average time for players to miss with hamstring injuries is 2.6 games. So there's no such thing as 0.6 games. Um, so three games basically. Yeah. So basically three games, Sweet. I guess a minimum of two games then. So we'll see. It's a very, very rough injury. You know, it's never like a technically like a serious season ending thing, but it's always something that. You have to be cautious with because it's always like I forget what the re-injury rate is, but that's so yeah. high. So we'll see. I, I feel like this is a game where you're just gonna let everybody kind of sit out. I think you have more pressing things next week against Minnesota in terms of the defensive responsibility. But yeah, not great. Not great for uh, for the Chargers to already have this many injuries in week after week one. Yeah, well, you know, the strength and conditioning staff obviously was revamped this uh, this offseason. You know, they have a brand new training staff with a, a new head trainer and all that stuff. So we'll see what happens in that regard, uh, if that pays off. Um, like we talked about early this season, the Chargers were one of the healthiest teams in the league in 2021. And then last year, they were one of the least healthy teams in the league. So we've seen both ends of the spectrum under Brandon Staley. Um, so from a data perspective, we just kind of have to wait and see what that turns into. Um, from a Joey Bosa and Chris Rump perspective, this is obviously not ideal from a depth perspective. I think we both feel good about Thule and his ability to start. I'm excited to see how that plays out because I do think that he's a very impactful run defender. And this is a positive uh, pass rushing matchup as well. Um this is a game where I think we'll see Derwin James play on the edge more often. Um, you know, the, the Chargers will elevate, of course, Brevin Allen and most likely Andrew Farmer, I think. Um, but you're not going to want to play two practice squad edge rushers, heavy snaps in this one. So um, I think we'll see 
a similar approach to the one that the Chargers had against the 49ers last year, where they did a lot of uh, six-man fronts with four defensive linemen and then two edge rushers. And a good amount of of that game was Derwin James is the second edge rusher opposite of Khalil Mack. I think we see a good amount of, of those kind of personnel packages to kind of counteract the injuries that are, are happening. So um, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll want to kind of clog running lanes as much as you can, especially against Derrick Henry. You don't want him to get outside. That was a big thing against the Saints. And, you know, I watched that film uh, yesterday. And the Saints let him get outside of tackles like four or five times. And I'm just like, what are you doing? This is this is a ridiculous game plan. And then, all, of course, you know, their secondary players were all trying to tackle him high. I'm just like, you guys are – this is not a smart defensive approach. Um, so I uh, I think we'll see Brandon City try and clog the front a little bit more often in this game. Um, try and, you know, be a bit more creative up front with um, this kind of game. I'm hopeful – that the stunt rate this week cranks up quite a bit because mm-hmm. from what I watched uh, of the Tennessee Titans offensive line, they are, they are not prepared for stunt packages, blitz packages, and just individually, they're not great one-on-one situationally either. So theoretically, <laughs> this should be a game where Brandon State kind of cuts it loose up front, lets Morgan Fox, Khalil, Thule, these guys kind of get after it a little bit more, and, and I'm hopeful that, that that is the outcome tomorrow. Yeah, with no Joey, I feel like you're going to have to crank things up. And if you're playing more defensive linemen, more of your interior guys, crank it up. You kind of have to. Um, didn't do that as much last week. You know, we thought, oh, yeah, crank it up. Go for it. Blitz. Do whatever. Uh, and then they cut everything in half. So who knows? But in this game, if DeAndre Hopkins is out and he's not officially out, or is he officially out? Hopkins is not officially out yet, but he didn't practice uh, at all week. Yeah. So with him... You know, I, I loved Traylon Burks. I'm sure he'll do something really cool. We've got Traylon Burks and Tajay Spears here, who I'm sure are going to make me love loving them so much in the draft coming out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it just, what else are you stopping at this point? You know, yeah. even with DeAndre Hopkins, I say Derrick Henry is the priority. And now with him not there and those 13 yeah. targets gone, like, that's all you have to stop, kind of. And you're, Asante Samuel Jr., JC, Michael Davis, like they better be able to stop Traylon Burks, Nick Westbrook, yep. Ikine, however you say it, apologize. Um, so yeah, sounds right. Sounds about right. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I do you so you think it's Andrew Farmer, not Ty Shelby? I agree, but I was already surprised last week when they didn't elevate Andrew Farmer. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, as uh, LD Bruin points out, Ty Shelby was signed to the practice squad this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he wasn't there previously. I don't know. Like, I, I think that Andrew Farmer's preseason eventually has to carry some weight. And I think we see that this week either way, um, mm-hmm. regarding the Titans pass catchers, honestly, the player I'm most concerned about is Chigo Conquo. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after seeing Thurm Smythe just kind of casually go his way to like 50 yards last week. Um, so this, <laughs> the way this defense defends tight ends, that is not, Derwin matching up with them is is very concerning after last week. And I think that they're going to try and get the ball out quick a little bit to uh, Chig and let him work after the catch. That is uh, a skill set that he's very good at. So I, I think Chig could, could have a good week. We're going to talk about prize picks here in a little bit. If Chig Oconco were on there, I would definitely uh, <laughs> hammer the more than line for him. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think Ingold, Smythe, and another tight end, I can't remember, all had plays over 15 yards last week. So, yeah, yeah, could definitely see that, especially if you are down Kendricks. Uh, yeah, and they've already got a player wearing number nine <laughs> practicing. <laughs> so uh, I could only imagine what they're trying to do this week. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move it to the offensive side of things. Obviously, Austin Eckler, like I mentioned, he's still technically listed as doubtful. Danny Popper said he's not uh, going to be traveling with the team. So this is a big game for Joshua Kelly. Obviously, being a starter against this defense is is a much more difficult matchup. Um, I, I think we both trust Joshua to, to be an effective RB1 in this instance, or at least like a decent amount. What do you make of the RB two spot, because obviously we were all kind of surprised that Isaiah Spiller was a healthy scratch last week. Um, do you think he's the RB two? Do you think Elijah Dotson is the RB two or what do you make of that situation behind Joshua Kelly? 
I think he's the RB two or Spiller is the RB two. I should say. I don't think you go through all of the all of the off season, all of training camp, all of the preseason, and Spiller did nothing to lose that job in terms of running back. Right? If you're talking about special teams, whole different thing. Having Dawson sure. as your third guy is, I think, how they'll operate in the same way that Raheem Lane is still on the team, but you're going to have other safeties maybe play over him. Whatever. Um, I think Dawson is going to be your your backup kick returner. Um, Ficken has even said that maybe he could be punt returner, backup punt returner, but they didn't even officially designate him as that, as the backup guy there. So yeah, I, I think Spiller is RB2. I think you almost have to play him too, because again, one, yeah. he didn't lose anything. Two, he did that the entire offseason, almost challenging Kelly for RB2 because of how many snaps he played. And he played yeah. well, and he's your draft pick. So like, I feel like you almost have to make him your RB2. Sorry, bad timing there. Bad timing. Um, yeah. yeah, I think for me, like the biggest difference this week is we know how much of a role that Austin Eckler has as a pass catcher, and that's just not what Joshua Kelly does, and I don't think that's really what Elijah Dotson does super well either, um, based off of what we saw in the preseason. So, to me, Isaiah Spiller is the best patch, best best pass catcher of the trio, and so I would expect a, at least a decent amount of third down work for him. Um, pass protection. Could be an issue this week from a running back perspective. Um, Joshua Kelly, uh, to me, mm -hmm. was he's the one that should have been credited with the final sack against the Dolphins. He was the one who who missed the blitz pickup, which forced Justin Herbert to kind of hang back a little bit in the pocket. And uh, you know that that was the situation I didn't love from Joshua Kelly that day. It's been something that's been kind of hit or miss for him. It's been hit or miss for Isaiah Spiller in his moments. Um, I don't think we know enough about Elijah Dotson's ability in pass protection. So this could be a game where maybe you're doing a little bit more like tight end chipping or mm -hmm. like max protect situations. So I am curious about that. But I think overall from like a functionality perspective, I think the running backs will be fine this weekend. Again, you're not going to force feed them like you did against the Dolphins because the Titans are just so good up front. Yeah, I'm trying to find the blitz rate from the Titans through 2023. It's only obviously only one uh, game. I can't imagine it's very high. I feel like they're they're kind of a win with four team. Yeah, punting, scoring offense. I'm getting there, guys. Yeah, I will find this. <laughs> Tom Lewis wants to know if we can have our offense play both sides of the ball. <laughs> I mean, honestly, dude, I think the Chargers' interior offensive line would actually be a pretty good D line. Um, Oh, dude, Slater would be a great run stuffer. 100%. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd be down for that. Keenan played some safety. Um, yeah. You know, can't do worse than historically worse. <laughs> 465 yards. <laughs> like, honestly, I don't, what is it? I don't, he couldn't have been much worse. So. Let's give it a shot. We, NSN, we have seen Justin Herbert tackle before. It, it looks good. So Yes. Uh-huh. I've seen him force a fumble yeah. with his brain. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the Titans, I don't know if you've but the Titans usually, oh. I feel like, just get win with four, and they stun pretty well. But that defensive line is, is so impressive. Like, this is going to mm -hmm. be a very big test for the offensive line this week. And you know, watching them, um, they just like get after opposing teams so much. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons is is an elite defensive lineman. Um, Arden Key had his way with Trevor Penning last week, um, which will not be the case this week. But you know, we'll see what kind of happens there. Harold Landry's still kind of shaking off some rust, so I feel good about the offensive line, right? Like, but this is going to be a tough test for them. And listen, man, if they can run the ball effectively this week. Then I think we really can oh, yeah. know where they're at in that regard. Yeah, I'm hoping they run efficiently, but not all the time. But again, yeah. even as Arjun said, Arjun said, hey, I am a pro analytics guy. I should hate the run. But if you can do 67% success rate and six yards a pop, I don't care if that's all you do the entire game. Um, I, I doubt that's the case. I would be surprised. Um, but that, here's how the offensive line feels they're just chilling at a yard house on Thursday night football. So I think they're feeling <laughs> pretty good about themselves. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, our guy, um, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking Frank? on his name right now. Frank, yeah, Frank Blakely was uh, out there and saw him. So, so uh, must have been fun. 
All right, Tyler, any other final thoughts about the uh, injury report here? Um, no, although um, for the Titans, Peter Skaronsky popped up with an illness yesterday, so I'm curious yeah. if that does anything, because that would make things even more significantly terrible for the Titans, um, although yeah. I said something similar to that about the Dolphins last week, so I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, uh, Ryan Tannehill does not uh, get the ball out quickly like Tua does, although that could change this week. Um, but yeah, that Titans offensive line is is rough. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's not in a good state, and Peter Skronsky is already their best player. So uh, we'll see what happens. There. Well, that's good, I guess. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get to some of these weekly picks. Uh, this segment of the show every single week is presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. Um, Tyler and I will have our favorite individual player. Uh, picks in a minute here um, so go over to prizepicks.com slash guilty and use the code guilty for a deposit match up to $100 on your first account sign in um, price picks has been uh, a great partner and we are uh, very happy with them and uh, it's been a fun easy app to use so um, mm-hmm. let's get to some of these picks uh, a bit of a rough week for uh, myself and Alex Katzen uh, last week so Hopefully the two of us can rebound this week. Um, not a great week for anyone, uh, really. I mean, Alex went. Alex Inzorf went three and one, so he's in the lead right now. But uh, we'll see how it goes this week. Um, so pivoting over to week two here, uh, Arjun has the 49ers, the Washington Commanders, and the New York Giants um, as his three team picks. He has the Chargers winning. 31 to 27. Alex Katzen has the Colts, the Seahawks, and the Bengals as his picks. Um, I think he'll have the biggest win spread of the Chargers picks. He has them winning 27 to 17. And then Alex Insdorf has the Cowboys, the Jaguars, the 49ers, and the Chargers winning here. Um, before Tyler and I get to our actually, let's do our, our league wide picks and then we'll get to some of our prize picks. Cool. Um, Tyler, why don't you walk us through your uh, three NFL picks? Yeah, I think Kansas City over Jacksonville. I believe in it, I, I guess. I still want to sort of be right about Kansas City. Um, so I'll take them there. I didn't love a lot of the options this week, so I wanted to pick up no. something at least a little bit different than what the three guys before me picked. Yeah. Um, so Kansas City over Jacksonville, I'll go with that one. Um, Green Bay over Atlanta. I think Green Bay played pretty well last week. Jordan Love passed his, not his debut, but his first you know game as the full starter throughout the season. Um, so I'll take them over Atlanta and then Buffalo over the Las Vegas Raiders. If the Raiders pulled that win off, then we have a completely different different AFC West than I would have thought. So hopefully the Buffalo, well, who do I root for in that situation? I want to be right, right? <laughs> so I'm rooting for Buffalo. At the same time, knocking Buffalo kind of out of the postseason, let the AFC West take care of the Raiders, unless you're Denver Broncos. Um, wouldn't mind that. So Buffalo over the Raiders. We'll see. All right, yeah, I, I kind of had the same logic. Wanted to go with some different uh, teams here. So I have the Lions over the Seahawks. Um, Lions home opener looked really impressive last week, and the Seahawks are uh, going to be playing without both of their starting tackles, Charles Cross and Abe Lucas. So um, I think they're starting 42-year-old Jason Peters at right tackle. So that's going to be a, a tough one for Aiden Hutchinson. Um, underdog, I didn't love any of these picks. I thought about going with like the Bears over the Buccaneers and things like that, but you know, the, the Patriots defense, I think, is one of the best in the league. And if anybody can slow down the Dolphins offense, I think it's them. It is in New England. Um, I don't feel great about it <laughs> because the Dolphins could certainly go nuclear here, but um, we'll see what happens there. Um, and then I have the Cowboys over the Jets as my either or pick here. All right, Tyler, uh, as I mentioned, uh, prize picks. We're going to do our favorite Chargers game picks uh, over on prizepicks.com slash guilty every single week here. Um, who is your favorite prize picks player prop this week? I'll go with Derek Henry, 15.5 receiving yards. I'm taking more on that one. I think if you have no DeAndre Hopkins, you have to funnel passes somewhere else. And it could be, of course, Chiggy Oconqua, like you talked about. It could be Traylon mm-hmm. Burks. But I think that Derrick Henry, I mean, 15.5 yards. That is, of course, no such thing it's as like a, one screen a, for him. Yeah. Right. And he had 56 last week, 56 yards last week. So I think that's 
fine enough. I think you'll get into enough of situations where, you know, there's a sack on Tannehill on second down, then he has to check it down, and it goes to Derrick Henry, and he picks up some yards, whatever. So I, I think I like that. Derrick Henry, more 15.5 yards, receiving yards. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, the Titans don't have a ton of options. Um, again, they don't. there's no DeAndre Hopkins this week. I think Price Picks is kind of assuming that he's out. Um, so not a ton of good ones, but I think that's that's a fine one. Um, on the Charger side of things, I think this feels like a big Mike Williams game, mm-hmm. just kind of based off of what we've seen from his track record. Is kind of he, he was quiet last week again. He had the bit of a uh, he had the head injury where he's being evaluated for a concussion. Then he came back and he he was efficient with his um, workload. Um, the thing that I think is really interesting that's going to bear out this week is that he took forty five percent of his pass. Uh, passing play snaps from the slot, which is something that we saw a lot of in training camp. Um, the Titans are obviously down uh, two of their key starters in Christian Fulton and Amani Hooker. So I'm going to go uh, more than 60.5 receiving yards for Mike Williams this mm-hmm. week. I think this, again, this is a good spot. I think we see Justin Herbert and company really open things up this week. And I think Mike Williams is like the main beneficiary this week. Yeah, I'm very curious what the passing attack looks like this week in terms of distribution because, I mean, based on last week, you could tell me that Keenan Allen was the first rounder and that the other two receivers, granted one got hurt, were the, you know, I've never heard of them before because it's almost like they were not really featured. Keenan Allen, and I get it, he's the wide receiver one, was very much so featured. Um, so another one I like is Keenan Allen more than six receive or six receptions, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm curious how the distribution looks this week because... It really wasn't a whole lot of distribution intentionally throughout last week. I feel like Mike Williams yeah. picked up a couple when Herbert was able to scramble by time um, in like the long third down situations. But there was no real involvement of Quentin Johnston, Josh Palmer, and really Mike Williams. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, Keenan receptions definitely feel good about that one because there's no Eckler this week. Like mm-hmm. I think that's going to be more Keenan Allen short routes this week and kind of serve as that. Justin Herbert safety valve there. Um, what do you make of Joshua Kelly's spot here? It's 51.5 rushing yards. Um, I think he's going to get the bulk of the carries this week. I don't know if that's going to result in you know a ton of carries here, but what do you make of his his spot to, this week? Yeah, I didn't realize he had one. So what was it? 50... 51.5. I feel like you have to go more there, but at the same time, the Titans secondary is banged up and your the strength of your offense is still going to be your passing game by season's end, I think. So mm, it just depends on the number of carries. Like how much does Spiller get as the right. obviously Eckler to Kelly, that is the bulk of your rushing attack. That is the bulk of your carries. I don't think Dalton even received a, a touch last week. But now yeah, that Dalton only had one snap last week. Yeah. Now that it's really only Kelly. Eh, maybe they feel better about Spiller. I don't know. Um, I would take more on that one, but a very close more because they're yeah. so efficient at running it and, and have been. And Kelly looked so good. You know, I, I think that's where you get 20 carries probably out of Kelly, unless he's a part of the passing attack more this week, which is possible. So that would limit the rushing yards part, but I'll, I'll go more. I think I would go less here. I think this is a really pass heavy approach and, uh, the Titans only allowed 27 total rushing yards last week. <laughs> so they're ridiculous up front. Um, and they uh, they actually kind of invite the run a little bit too. You know, they they play with light boxes, I think, on like 60% of their snaps on early downs is what I saw on um, the athletic football show. Um, so it, it's a great defense. I think Joshua Kelly is featured but i don't think he has the same kind of success i wouldn't be surprised if he had like a red zone touchdown or something like that but this feels like a game where the chargers are kind of like more into the territory of like 70 total rushing yards maybe justin herbert mm-hmm. gets a little bit more involved in that regard um but yeah i'm gonna go less there okay all right so again head over to uh slash guilty and use the code guilty for a match up to $100 on your first deposit. Um, it's a great app to use. You can get paid with Apple Pay. Um, so it, it's very user-friendly in my opinion. 
All right, Tyler, uh, let's get to our Charger score, and then we will take some questions. So um, if you guys have any at this moment, feel free and go ahead and ask them. Again, Super Chat's always appreciated, uh, as always. Uh, all right, Tyler, go ahead. Let us uh, hear your pick for the Charger score. Okay, I'm going to have them winning, and if they don't win, then it'll be the last time you hear me say that they win for maybe a few weeks. But I'm going to go, they win... 24 to 17. I think that without Hopkins, with Skaronsky, maybe being too sick to play, I don't know, but definitely without Hopkins. I mean, Brian Tannehill's line, the more or less here for the Titans, is 217.5 passing yards. It's kind of how they feel about that passing attack right now. Um, I, I just, it's a surprise because the defense didn't play so well last week. I just think that there's no Tyreek Hill. And if you remove Tyreek Hill from the equation last week, what does it look like? Definitely a win. And and certainly not 36 points given up. I just think these are two different offenses. And it wouldn't surprise me if Derrick Henry took over. But I think that you can only do so much. I think the Chargers, especially with their ability to run and churn out some clock, I think that 24-17 feels okay. I think the line to set it 40 something so not too far off i think i'm i'm right at where the line is if i'm not mistaken but i, I can't predict another 34 points in the chargers i've seen this you know this this titans team last year i was at the game and this titans defense just played their hearts out didn't matter who was out there didn't matter their offense yeah. was terrible they are awesome up front and in the secondary although two guys are hurt but they still have a lot of good players they're a well-coached defense again we, I've, I've been talking about the Chargers needing to be this you know, season after season after season, good defense. That's the Titans under Vrabel. They're always, for the most part, in it, despite the fact that they've had some misses in the draft. Yeah, the Titans defense is incredible. Um, I talked about this on Thursday night show. I mean, like they, if you think about, you know, your stereotypical Titans game is what they did last season in Kansas City with Malik Willis, where they just turn it into a dogfight. It's a close game. You have to get it at the end. Like you have to just like, you know, work your way and scrape and claw through every single game with the Titans, it feels like. And it doesn't matter who they play. You know, every single game that they play is the exact same. Um, they're, you know, it's always going to be like in the 20s, in the teens. Like that's just that's just how they roll, you know, and, and it's what Mike Vrabel does. Um, so I, I think predicting more than the Chargers covering the, covering the spread like a significant amount is is a little dicey this week. Ten points for me is is a, a lot. Um, I do think the Chargers are going to win, um, but I have this as a as a pretty close game um, because it's just kind of what the Titans do. And at this point, I trust yeah. Mike Vrabel to to do that every single week. I meant I mentioned the defensive line, so I do have the Chargers winning, but I'm going to go uh, twenty. I'll say 26 to 23. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Is that a Cameron Dicker field goal to win it? Or is that just like a Titans score sort of late, but they already are out of it? I think it's more the latter. I do think that the Chargers passing game is going to be a bit more expressed this week. And I think that could mm -hmm. lead itself towards more of like a garbage time situation for the Titans. But I think it's going to be mm -hmm. a difficult matchup. And I think that the Chargers should win this game. But it's it's gonna be a tough one, especially with all these injuries on defense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, two weeks in a row, where all five of us pick the Chargers to win. Hopefully, it's a different what result could go this wrong. week. Yeah. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Uh, let's take some questions here today. Um, like I mentioned, uh, all Super Chats always appreciated. Uh, Nimbasabi wants to know over under explosive plays given up by the defense last week. It was 16, 16, or was that 16 passes. I can't remember. I think it's 16, 16 total. total. Yeah. It was like was it 14 passes and 16 total. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. It, it was basically twice as much as the next team. Yeah. So I'd say, I'd say a good bar for this. Cause I just don't think the Titans are like that explosive on offense. Although you kind of have to, you know, bump up the the mean a little bit i'd set the bar at five and a half for the titans offense or is that too low? i'm if we're including rushing plays and we're assuming rushing plays are over 10 then yeah uh ooh, five and a half huh mm. okay one on like third and 25 for some reason um <laughs> it'll go for 26 um two rushes and then some missed tackle yeah yeah sure i'll, I'll go over i'll go over I, I respect my guy tajay spears and then someone's gonna have to tackle brooks in the open field yeah I'll, i'd say over there as well um i loved the way that the titans actually used tajay spears they lined them up out wide like a good amount uh against the saints did they really so they did it was a lot of fun to watch um on the ball of some very creative ways yeah. Um, okay. May mayonnaise. <laughs> um, oh. Expect more Jasir than Zont tomorrow. What do you think there? Great question. I was definitely surprised by how much Zont didn't play last week. Um, I think this is more of like a JC question. I think if JC, like, what yeah. are they doing there? Is he their full time starter out there again? Another prove it sort of game. Get back out there. Not on an injury report, which is good. So there's no like that we know injury soreness nagging thing. Um, geez, Louise. Zant definitely played fewer run defense snaps against the Titans last year, but did he play fewer overall snaps? Yeah, that was a game where he only played like 30 snaps, I think. <sighs> I'll go. Okay, more jaw slot snaps. I don't know if it's more overall snaps because I think we could also see JC just benched by halftime again. So <laughs> I think it's I think it would be smart to rotate the three yeah. of them and, and have JC kind of work his way back into things. I was kind of hoping that would be the case last week. Um, as Jorge points out in the chat, they could certainly just want to ride this train out with JC. And I listen, I do think that JC will improve. Like we have to remember that that was his first game back after just an atrocious knee injury and the team really hung him out to dry. So context matters a lot with the way that JC played. I think Mm -hmm. he's going to improve going forward. Um, But to me, like, I think you probably want to have a rotation of the three of them um, as much as you can this week. Yes. I think we see just here take more slot snaps than uh than previously if the defensive line <laughs> hello Galadriel. um if the defensive line were fully healthy then i think the answer would change here because i think that would be more of a derwin slot game um but i think with the way the defensive line is playing i think you take some slot snaps away from derwin put him on the edge a little bit more and uh so i think just here plays a, a good amount of run defense snaps this week mm-hmm. and then i think I believe both Jaw and Zon had a pass rush rep. I don't remember if Jaw had more because I feel like if you want to start cranking that up for whatever reason, get more looks or something. Okay, so they both only had one. Jaw had the pressure; it was a free rush. I think you like Jaw or Blitz more. So even then, it's like a couple yeah. snaps there, maybe. Yeah, I do. I like Jaw more as a blitzer personally as well. NFL's lit 16 is a crazy number now that I think about it. Yeah, it was literally double the amount of second place last week. Cool. Second place was the Saints with eight, and the the Chargers allowed 16. 
<laughs> Wait, the Saints? Yeah, the Saints had eight explosive plays against the Titans last week. I think it was oh, like seven. Pa- Titans. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They had like seven explosive passes, I think. Yeah. While I see it, hello, Bolt Bros Chargers Podcast. Hello. Yes. Um, Shout out Bolt Bros. Oh, subscribe. Go say hello. Uh, NSN, how much is our defensive coordinator to blame in anything here so far? Um, as we've talked about previously with Ronaldo Hill, um, this is Brandon Staley's defense. Brandon Staley is the one who calls plays. I think we've seen Derek Ansley have more of an impact on like the practice structure and like certain aspects of like their routine. But this is Brandon Staley's scheme. It's Brandon Staley calling the plays. It's his roster. I know there's been a lot of trying to blame Tom Telesco for the state of the roster. I fully believe that Brandon Staley has full autonomy over this defensive roster. So uh, to me, like, Dan's is is not to blame. It's it, This is Brandon Staley's defense. You know, uh, I'll give him some blame if I have to give him, if I can give him some credit throughout the offseason. I'll you know, take some blame here too. Sure. Especially if you are a guy who's known for being the secondary guy. Sure. And if the secondary is struggling to get the right leverages, cover the right way, you know, JT was getting turned around, JC making, I guess it's more on JC, right? But um, a little bit of blame. But for right now, again, it, it, it is still Brandon Staley's, you know, if, 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 if Ansley gets blamed, you know, 10% max, it's yeah. really Brandon Staley's defense. And yeah, the, if you want to blame the Chargers lack of success for many seasons, on Telesco, totally get it. And I think you could blame it on him, you know, in these seasons as well. But specific to the defensive roster, there is no way that this is not Brandon Staley's defense and the guys he wants. There's no way Telesco woke up and said, I want Sebastian Joseph Day, Eric Banks, Morgan Fox, you know, Austin Johnson, Khalil Mack, JC Jackson. Like, there, there's just no way he's like, oh, yeah, I'll just do that. You know, that's just, I'm going to change Bryce everything. About. Yeah, Bryce Callahan, the other Chris three Harris. guys from Denver who got toasted. Um, Marshall, shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Alex, so shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'll see. Like I said last week, this last week could have just been a one off ride of the Dolphins or just a buzzsaw. Um, If the Chargers defense plays well tomorrow, which certainly could happen, then I think they will deserve some credit, right? Because it's, you know, a very difficult transition to go from Miami track meet to, Titans, you know, dogfight situation with running on the ground. So it's, um, we'll see how it goes. But then next week, you get another track meet with Minnesota, potentially. Um, speaking of Minnesota, Teresa Compas, what's the expectations for Quentin Johnston with Addison? Uh, with what Addison is doing out in Minnesota, we got to see what we got. Um, Addison Ad- Ad- has looked good. Zay Flowers has looked good. Um, Jackson, I think Jigba didn't really get much of a chance last week, similar to Quentin Johnson, just in kind of a, a different room. I think anyone banking on like year one expectations where we see Quentin being like the best receiver of the class is going to be disappointed because these other guys don't have the same kind of competition for targets that Quentin Johnson does. I mean, Zay Flowers might be the best receiver in Baltimore. You know, obviously Jordan Addison has to deal with Justin Jefferson, but KJ Ob- Osborne was their wide receiver three uh, heading into the season. He had like three drops against the Eagles. Um, so these other guys have an easier path to targets. Um, Quentin Johnston was not drafted, in my opinion, to be like a wide receiver two right away. Like he's drafted as a future replacement for most likely Mike Williams, in my opinion. Um, so year one is, is going to be a year for Quentin Johnston. If the people in front of him are healthy, where you're going to focus on continual growth, not necessarily like overall production. Like if Jordan Addison went for a thousand yards this year, I would not be surprised. Zay flowers went for a thousand yards. I would not be surprised. I, I, I don't think Quentin is getting to that level, like unless somebody gets hurt. And, uh, so be patient this year. I think Quentin will still make an impact, obviously. But we're not going to know really what the Chargers have in Quentin Johnson until next year. Yeah, I agree with that, but also wish there were more. You know, and I, 100%. I, mean, I do as well. I do as well. Totally. Yeah, I think a lot of fans, one, I think a lot of fans preferred Zay Flowers, as is like, yeah, I think he was the favorite overall. 
um, if I had to guess. But, uh, you know, I think we all expected that those guys would have a bit more involvement. You know, Zay Flowers, like, I don't remember if that was before or after they signed OBJ, but um, I don't recall when that came up about. I think it was after. But, yeah, regardless, Zay was going to be heavily involved with a, a new passing game, whatever that looks like. I haven't watched. And then Jordan Addison is kind of filling a void left by Adam Thielen, and that's a lot of targets. That's yes. a lot of involvement. Of course, there's Osborne as well. Um, when Hawkinson, no, sorry, Hawkinson's with the Vikings now. So I, I get it, but it is, you, you do want to see a bit more. Um, and I was surprised. I was just surprised last week by the usage of, of him, others, et cetera. But let's see this game and then maybe have more expectations. Um, it just felt like when you run the ball 40 times, like I have, I have no idea what to expect from your passing yeah. game. Like that changes everything. Now this week with more opportunity to pass the football, let's see what happens and then kind of adjust expectations from there. Yeah. And I think there were a couple times where Justin could have just held on to Quentin for like just a half second longer. Mm-hmm. And Alex Katz and I talked about this, just, just wait like a half second longer for Quentin and for Mike and they were open like just like just wait like a half of a tick and and those guys were were open a good amount i thought quentin ran well his routes i thought that he looked sharp um love to see them use him more often in the yak department um Mm. i wasn't crazy about him being like the pitch guy in that instance where they tried to to do the kelsey thing traditionally that is kind of a bigger body kind of player not a 205 pound wide receiver um but I would love to see him get some of those yak opportunities that they were throwing to Keenan and Mike because that's mm-hmm. like what he does best. Um, so he's going to make an impact this season. He's not going to be at the same level of production as Addison and these guys. Um, but again, this is a long-term play for the Chargers, and like you know, this is not a, an instance where he's going to lead the receiver or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would hate to see a. It's rough, and it's especially rough for for fans who saw Johnston go first, and then Zay, and then Addison. So, again, we're hoping it's not a Jalen Rhaegar sort of thing over here, and I don't think it is. I don't think it will be either. But it is. It is definitely a patience game here. Um, hopefully, I don't have to be too patient. Like I don't need a Mike Williams ninety-five yard season, <laughs> which might happen. I mean, he's already, yeah. Uh, I think I think he's already improved in a lot of things, but you know, just. We got to be patient this year, I think, until next year is the big one. Um, Nimasabe uh, asking about how we feel about this tight end group after week one. Um, very interesting question here. We've both kind of uh, focused in a lot on the weaknesses of that group. After the game that we saw last week, Tyler, what are your thoughts here? I almost feel this. I feel a little bit better about them, but I feel more more better. I feel better about their usage. So I, like, yeah. I feel this. Their, their skill sets, what they can do, I feel about the same about. But they were utilized in a way that expressed the best of what they can do. And you never you ever want to watch the All-22 or even watch a game and go, like, is that possible? Are we allowed to do that? And you almost wonder after watching that game and me after watching the All-22, like, why weren't they doing this more last year? Not that they never did, but it felt like there was such intention to get these guys moving to make things easier for them, line them up as a sniffer, whatever, H-back, you name it. There was so much that they could do, that they were asked to do, that made the job so easy, and of course you get 200 rushing yards out of it. So I feel a little bit better about the group overall. I think Everett, Parham, McKe- like everyone did their responsibilities very, very well. Everett looked really, really good. Parham looked really, really good. And Parham, I think, got two first downs, a touchdown, and a defensive pass interference. Um, so that's all great. Like that's perfect for a tight end too. So I, I feel much better about their usage and about a little bit better about them overall. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think Kellen Moore used them in ways that make a lot of sense. Um, that you talked about, you know, initially in our recap, getting them on the move. Um, they ran that Y insert zone play several times and it worked like a charm every single time. So I think you feel better about the group. I think the way that they were using the passing game um, makes a lot of sense. It was a lot of, you know, yak opportunities for Gerald Everett. There's a lot of middle of the field opportunities for Donald Parham. Using him in the red zone against slot corners is such a cheat code. I love the way that they did that. My issue is just like 
when you need like a one-on-one blocking situation, I don't think that an- that question was answered. And also there's a lot of long-term concern baked into how we feel about this room because Gerald Everett and Donald Parham are not going to be around long-term. They don't really have a long-term asset here in this position. So there's, there's still some concern for me, but they played well. I thought Gerald Everett really, really blocked hard and effectively um, relative to what we've seen from him in the past. So they played well. They deserve credit for it. And Kellen Moore deserves credit for the way that he was uh, using them. Yeah. Curious. What's a game like, say, against the Cowboys? Looks like in a few weeks. Right. How do these guys hold up in that instance? Which is, I, right. I don't I really don't want to watch that game. I'm so nervous that's about the, that game. That's the thing, too, is the Chargers didn't use them in pass protection like ever. <laughs> um, nope. They trusted their five against the Dolphins four or five. And mm-hmm. the backs would kind of stay in from time to time. Um, what does that look like against teams that have better pass rushers? And listen, like the Dolphins group is – they're no slouches, right? But um, when they play teams like the Cowboys, obviously they don't play the Niners this year. Um, you know, if they were ever to ever play like the Eagles, for example, like those are games where you need your tight ends to be effective in one-on-one situations, double-team situations – um, but if they're going to use their tight ends like they did last week, I think the group can function at a high level and it's there's not a lot of stress on them. So, again, Kellen Moore deserves a lot of the credit there more so than like the tight ends were just awesome and we loved them. And it, it was a lot more like Kellen Moore is just a really good coach. And I think that was kind of yeah. the theme from the offense in the first week. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and then against Minnesota next week, if – the Eagles can run well. The Eagles are pretty good, gosh darn offensive line. But if they can run for 300 <laughs> or whatever it was, um, yeah. Chargers can get pretty close, I think. I want to see the Chargers do the tush push. I need to see it with Justin Herbert, man. I, I it doesn't make any sense to me why other teams are not doing this. The Eagles are like obviously, you know, a very unique situation, and Jalen Hurts is super strong and all that. But this it's a cheat code, man. I need to see the Chargers do it. I need it because I love watching that play. <laughs> so Herbert under center will yes. clap behind him and we'll clap for the tush push. Are we doing yes. that? Yes. hundred okay. percent. And goal line instances, Justin Herbert is six, six. Why would I not? Okay. So, I mean, I won't say it out loud. Alex can write the joke for me, but yeah, that that's the one. Oh, you're, that's, that's... oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> tush push and will clap. Come on, man. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> Come on, I get that T-shirt. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Copyright, guilty discharge podcast. <laughs> I, w- I was too in the zone of like serious football talk, and then you brought up Will Clap. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! It's never serious football talk with me. Never. <laughs> Oh man, um, that was hilarious. Well done, well done. Um, shout out to uh, Tyler's mom for the super chat from uh, Disneyland. Hopefully, you uh, have a great day at the best place on the planet. Okay, there was a question that I wanted to get to after. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is too funny. Oh, this is the one. Uh, Blitz talk. What do you think about Pipkin's performance against the Dolphins? Um, listen, I think Jalen Phillips got him a couple times. Um, I, I think the sack at the end would not have been as noticeable if Joshua Kelly had picked up the Blitz properly. Um, but I thought Trey Pipkins was fantastic in the run game, and you know, I we got to or I got to interview him last week, and one of the things that we talked about was just kind of the way that the offensive line was was split up and how they could play to the strengths of, of each side, the way that Jamari and Trey were able to just get movement off of the ball was so good last week. So I, I think Trey was a really great run blocker last week. I think he, I mean, he was only credited with allowing four pressures. So it's not like, you know, Jalen Phillips was this amazing edge rusher against him. I thought it was an overall really solid uh, week one debut from Trey last week. Yeah, I didn't watch him specifically. I really, again, I hate that the final drive even happened for the Chargers because yeah. 98% of that game was complete dominance by that offensive line. It was basically yep. shut down and moving the guys off the ball, 
you know, you don't get six yards per carry on accident. Yeah. Um, so the Chargers, the offensive line was great. It just wasn't at the very end. Um, and so, sorry, the, the Pipkins quote unquote sack allowed, you feel that was more Kelly needing to stay in. Like, I think, I think I think Pipkins got beat on that, mm-hmm. uh, on that rep. But if Joshua Kelly, like if you go back and watch the play, he goes to the right and kind of is in no, in no man's land. And then Cater Kohu comes in on a free rush. Mm-hmm. And so Justin was not allowed to step up because I think Jalen Phillips was kind of wide to the point where Justin could have stepped up if it was available to him. And then at, at least you avoid the sack. So Pippigan's got beat, but I think this this actual sack I would have credited to Joshua Kelly. And I think that's what Brandon Saley alluded to after the game as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, random. So do we still, do we steal or from other teams? I have no idea. I've been one week of this offense and they barely threw it. Um, but I did see them use Eckler on mesh, like out of the backfield with, yep. I forget who the other player was. Who do you think that would be this week? Mm, probably Spiller. Mm. Or you yeah. just adjust. The, they do steal stuff. I mean, they they tried the Kansas City Chiefs pitch play. That's true. They did. And the Y insert stuff is is stuff that Kellen, I think, stole from the Eagles, if I'm not mistaken, previously under hmm. uh Frank Reich and all those guys. So it's Kel, Kellen Moore is really, really smart. Like we're the Chargers have a really smart offensive coordinator. Defensively, like we know that they've stolen stuff too. Like for all Brandon Staley's stuff, like he he took Drew Tranquil and put him in the Fred Warner role against the Dolphins last year. So um every team steals from every team, I think, in the NFL. At least the smart teams do. I love how you have a linebacker you can put in the Fred Warner role. It works. It would be nice to have right now. Know. Yeah, <laughs> it would be really nice to have. Two years ago, the Chargers had two of them. It was great. That's crazy. And they were super uh, cheap. Yeah. Oh, uh, well. Yeah, right. stealing stuff um, I think that's that's about it. All right, Tyler. Uh, any final thoughts before we uh, head out for today? I feel nervous about this game. I actually, if you asked me two weeks ago, I'd say I'd feel more nervous about this game than the Dolphins game. Of course, that, you know, when as it did. There's just, you know, I think Mike McDaniels is going to establish himself as one of the top head coaches. At minimum, as a coordinator, obviously, he's already there, but um, wasn't as sure. Vrabel is someone who is established as a head coach, who I can definitely say at this point has the coaching advantage overall over Brandon Staley. And those matchups always worry me. So until... You know, Brandon Staley can get more wins and more wins against really well-coached teams. Then I am worried about teams like like the Titans. But no Hopkins, Skronsky being ill. The, the Titans are down two players in the secondary. I, I think this offense goes you know, and does their thing in the passing game and gets it done. Will it be pretty? No. Like, will they score 34? I don't think so. But I won't doubt them either. But I, I think it'll be solid. I think it'll be a solid win. Um, won't be a blowout, but I love it. Yeah, I, I just don't think the Titans have enough on their offense to match the Chargers and what they're able to do with Justin Herbert and and, and a healthy offense. And again, we just talked about Kelvin Moore being a smart offensive coach. I think he's going to let Justin cook a little bit more, for lack of a better phrase. Um, this week, you know, I can't imagine him trying to just pound the rock against the Titans. It's just not a smart approach. So I, I think this is a game where Justin shows up very well. I think, like I mentioned earlier, I think this is a big Mike Williams week. And if the Titans were, you know, the Titans of old, right, where they had like a healthy offensive line, they had, um, you know, A.J. Brown and those guys, and Ryan Tannehill was kind of more in the zone, and, and Derrick Henry was, you know, in his prime, I think I probably would pick that Titans team over this Chargers team. But I just don't think the Titans have enough on offense to win this game. I think they have enough on defense to make it, close enough for their offense. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I think the Chargers offense is going to win out in a much closer game. That's going to make us all very stressed out, <laughs> um, but that's the Titans, man. It, it just, it's, it's a big respect to the Titans because Frank, because uh, oh my gosh, Mike Vrabel is just a, a great head coach. And I think if he were given a better roster, we'd really see that pan out, but he just is, is able to suck these teams into a fist fight. That's what he does. And uh, every single game that they play is close. 
Yes, it is. So hoping for a win. Would love to get on the Chargers channel and celebrate, not have a funeral on the, the <laughs> channel. So a win would be great. I don't care if it's close yeah. by a million, whatever. Let's just win. Uh, yeah. We'll be live after the game tomorrow, right after the game. Um, I won't be attending the game, obviously, so we'll be able to go as soon as the game ends. Yep. Should be a lot of fun, hopefully, anyways. Um, as always, appreciate all of you guys in the chat today for tuning in. Appreciate Tyler for joining me. Um, that'll do it for us today. We'll see you tomorrow. As always, bolt up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.